big Boy, you know you got a panty on your head. Put the bunny in the box. I could eat a peach for hours. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z, huh? A curioso is someone who inquires in esoteric matters. A collector of knowledge. Curioso Podcast. Hello, Curiosos, and welcome back to the Curioso Podcast. My name's Christopher Scarborough, and that over there is uh, my friend Joe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about all I'd ever do. Yeah. French fried potatoes. <laughs> like a sling. But I, I think we're talking about the wrong actor here. Yeah, wrong, wrong guy today. It's, it's the wrong actor. We are actually here today to discuss a man of many talents, a man of many facial expressions, a man... With many faces, and sometimes with his face off, we are here to discuss Nicolas Cage in all his glory. I just want to mention that uh, this is actually going to be a two-part episode. Uh, The first half is going to be here on the Curioso, and the second half is going to be on our friends, the Hobo Radio. But I believe we're going to actually try to release it on both streams. Yeah. But we're not going to cross the streams. We're not going to cross the streams. Crossing the streams is bad. It's like two (laughs) parallel streams. At the same time, we're both going to be standing next to each other, parallel streams. Mm -hmm. It's weird, because we usually talk about, when we actually talk about people on this show, it's usually because they've passed. Uh, Nicolas Cage has not passed. Knock on wood, has not passed. But we just thought it would be fun to call back to, what, maybe our first run-in, second run-in with you guys, mm. when we joked about doing a Nicolas Cage episode? Well, Joe, shouldn't we say who you guys are? Oh, sure, go ahead. Uh, here today with us, we have our friends from Hobo Radio. We have Mr. Lars Periwinkle Hello? to my right. Not that you can tell that from <laughs> the way that we're sitting, but can he I, is. Can I just say that he he hasn't passed because he's been left behind? Oh, <laughs> oh, sitting on, I had to get it out. Oh, God, I feel better. Good. <laughs> and to my left, we have the Murph dog, Mr. Joel Murphy. <laughs> Thank you. I'm Thank not you. calling you that, Joel. No. Oh, oh says Big Vinegar. Oh. <laughs> you didn't call me Big Vinegar. <laughs> I forgot about it. I got to write down Big Vinegar. <laughs> in my work van, just for some reason, I randomly, when I listen to you guys, uh, I in my head, I have this monologue where I pretend to be the emperor in Star Wars, yeah. <laughs> and and I'm I'm calling up my two best uh, Padawans, my, my young apprentices. Oh, okay, okay. And uh, you are a bounty hunter, mm-hmm. Joel. Okay. And Lars, you are Darth Vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I like so. it. That's going to make me happy for a week. Thank <laughs> you so much. This wasn't a question I thought I had to ask people who listen to our show, okay. but do you listen at normal speed? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, I do. I'm going to start Completely asking Completely normal speed. <laughs> One and a half times forever. <laughs> no. Just to put it out there. I know it's not that show. But Emperor Palpatine is a Sith Lord and wouldn't have two apprentices. He would only have one apprentice. I, I know. I know. But, I know. But what well, I'm saying, maybe you're the apprentice and, and Joel is the bounty hunter to sure. go and help you. As long as I'm Darth Vinegar, I don't give a shit. <laughs> I will still get Big Vinegar every once in a while, not from random people, but from people I know. What happened to Big Vinegar? You're like, I don't know. Let's bring let's I bring Big Vinegar back. We should bring yeah, some. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Lars Big Vinegar Periwinkle. Four names, only one is real. And <laughs> <laughs> it's not the one you'd think. Yeah. Like, yeah, Lars Periwinkle, what's your real name? Like, what is it, Periwinkle? <laughs> I was at a party. Uh, sorry to, to yeah, digress no. on your show. Yeah, <laughs> normally we do on our show. But I was at a party recently where people were asking me, they're like, Periwinkle is not his real last name, right? And I was like, no. And then I told them what your last name was, and uh-huh. they were all underwhelmed and just seemed disappointed. Is it Mauve? Uh, it's not Mauve. <laughs> It's teal. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just throwing it out there. I think the mystique is better. I think it's better not to know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm like one of those weird uh, private guys. But yeah, it's like, it's a, it's an Americanized Danish name. So yeah, it is underwhelming. Mm. It's, my, it's my name. So I love it, but he whatever. He can turn blue into changing other people? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
All right. In wait, 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 wait. wait. I got it. I knew your last name. What is it? Is it Ulrich? Yep. Damn yeah. it. Yep. Lars I'm really Ulrich. against free music. <laughs> Super against it. He got that joke because he listens to The Flash. Uh-huh. Or watches it. Anyway. Sure. All right. So all right. We're, well, not, we're not here to talk about, uh, to talk about X-Men. We're here no. to discuss uh, uh, Mr. Nicolas Cage. That's Nick right. Cage. And for this episode, I got us some honey rye beer. Here's oh, one for you. What? Uh, oh, my God. Thank you. Homage of the Wicker Man. <laughs> Not the bees. Oh, I so, like I like this. Well, that's good. Yeah. Thank you. I crack these out. We always try to uh, we always try to have a a beer that is you know in in the flavor of yeah, the podcast. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. That is beer flavored podcast. I, we we do that too. That's why we have Natty Bo every week. Every single week. <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. Every Skull. single week. Slancha. My goodness, that's tasty. Oh, oh man, that's good. good. Yeah, it is. Good. Holy smokes. Really fucking good. Red mm. Shedman? Sure. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Why does it burn? Why does it burn? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that really the, the reason why we came up with this episode was, uh, was kind of on a lark. Right? Yeah. It was kind yeah. of on a joke we were just discussing, because last time you guys were on, we were discussing Tesla, mm-hmm. and we were like, oh, well, maybe we should just do a Nicolas Cage episode, and we are here to do that. Yeah. 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 I mean, you guys are, you know, the pop culture wizards that you are, so it seems natural to sort of add it in, you know? No, we're, we're honored that the dumb idea we all jokingly <laughs> said is actually happening. Well, Nick Cage seems to be the guy that actually, he's almost... He's almost actually living Tron because he jumped into the internet, and that's basically the place he exists more than any other place. Yeah, it's weird. And he exists in a completely different form that's independent of himself now. True. And has been for for some time. So apparently, though, I I saw an interview where he said that he, you know, he got it, that he was in on the joke, right? And a lot of other people that have a lot of memes go after them, uh, things like that. They, they don't really understand or don't really know why. And it kind of reminds me like when you hear an interview with an older actor and they say, you know, oh, well, I got offered, you know, the, you know, that in Star Wars, but I didn't really understand the script. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, I, that kind of resonates with me. I, I think that he does get it. The fact that he knows that he can go from zero to crazy. 60. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then he's gone in seconds. Yeah, so he knows <laughs> that, that he should can be a movie, that. right? Well, are are you talking about his July nineteenth, two thousand thirteen interview with the Guardian? Uh, I believe I am. Where Boom. Nicholas Cage <laughs> said, "Oh my God, I just can't keep up with that stuff." The internet has developed this thing about me, and I'm not even a computer guy. You know, I don't know why it is happening. I'm trying not to. Let me say this: I'm now one of the mindset that when in Rome, if you can't beat them, join them. Which is a Whoa. combination of two phrases. <laughs> that's a, that, I believe that's a mixed metaphor, right? Yeah, 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 that is. But it's a mixed metaphor where he's doing the same, like he's just combining the same metaphor, like two different, meta- two different ways. metaphors for the same thing. It's okay, they edit their show. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Thank God. Not that part. <laughs> okay, so if anybody out there in podcast world doesn't know... Nicolas Cage is an American actor. He was born January 7th, 1964 in Long Beach, California. Are we stipulating that? I because, am. Well, because I'm, I'm sorry to jump ahead. Go for it. But there is also a belief Ooh. Uh, popular on the internet that Nicolas Cage is a vampire. Uh, <laughs> okay. As Have you seen that Civil War picture? By the Civil War photo of a guy who looks just like Nick Cage. Uh, yeah, do we, we should, I know this is audio, but we'll we'll put it on the the show notes. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to pull up. No, there is actually, uh, it's incredible people who believe it's, um, the photos from 1870 in Tennessee, uh, and it's a legit civil war, uh, man living in Bristol, Tennessee. So is it, is it, okay. Is it Nicolas Cage at the age that he started his acting career or is it, it, look, he, it looks like raising arizona nick cage oh. yeah, complete yeah with he's the pretty mustache. young okay but i mean it looks exactly like him i mean exactly well, like everybody him. has a uh, a homunculus i mean a double it it actually homunculus <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> you weren't kidding Joe. oh my god the eyebrows and everything yeah 
And the stupid smirk. The stupid smirk. <laughs> that hairline where it is it receding or is it I not receding? No, yeah. <laughs> wow. It looks so much like him. It almost looks like uh like uh, you know, like the the Wonder Woman picture in uh, in Batman versus Superman. Yeah, yeah. It's like that close. Wow. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, he may be a vampire. That okay. We'll, I just we'll wanted talk. to throw that out. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's played a vampire. <laughs> Certainly. <laughs> I know that for, for sure. So his given name was Nicholas Kim Coppola. Mm-hmm. My relation, maybe <laughs> to Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> That's his uh, his uncle. Right, which is maybe one of the first interesting things about Nicolas Cage is that, from my understanding, he purposely did not want to use the Coppola name. Right. It was just in Fast Times, right? Ooh. He was billed, I think at Fast Times in Ridgemont High, he was billed as Nicolas Coppola. Right, and he did a TV spot um, in 1981 in a TV show called The Best of Times, okay. where okay. he was still billed as Nicolas Coppola. Gotcha. And then fast, fast time. I thought it was interesting <clears throat> that he changed his name because he um, he wanted to make it on his own, right? And Wanna then make it on your own. And then he, um, uh, after the, his first couple of movies, he floundered a little bit, and he ended up in like three Francis Ford Coppola films. <laughs> uh, but yeah, kind of interestingly to that though is that. He seemed like he was reluctant to do it because the one thing I read said that it was that he was actually took a job reading lines for Rumblefish. Like he was the guy when people would audition, he was just the person responding Mm -hmm. because he wasn't working. And then it was sort of like he got offered a part in Rumblefish. So he he seemed still, he did sort of use that connection, but almost begrudgingly, it seems like. Like he was, he seemed very reluctant to cash in on that. And even. In his cashing in, seemed to have like a workman approach to it. I, I just want to mention this: Rumblefish was actually the sequel to The Outsiders, right? Wasn't that what Rumblefish is? No. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Completely different film. Oh, okay. Well, like, I, cinematography. Let me just say, every, I mean, I am is, not as much of a what is it called? A filmophile? Cinephile. Cinephile is all three of you. I'm, I'm so I am the one that is. Uh, I'm, I'm coming from behind here. Yeah, yeah, I mean... It's it, no jokes. No jokes there. <laughs> it, it could be misconstrued as that, but it is a completely different film. Completely different. It could be misconstrued, or was it supposed to be, but it's not? I, I don't... I wouldn't say it was supposed to be anything except for its own... Give me the plot no. of Rumblefish, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we don't have the time for that. Let's move on. I was going to say, because Rusty James is the leader of a small dying gang in an industrial town... He lives in the shadow of the memory of his absent older brother, the motorcycle boy. Nothing. There's no stay golden pony boy. There, there's no. There are that's similar themes, but I mean, none of the same characters no, no, or anything like that. It's Just its own thing. Kind okay. of its own jam. All yeah. right. I don't bit, know why it, I was under that impression. And it's a bit more uh, artsy, mm-hmm. a lot more artsy than uh, Stand By Me. Yeah, he, he auditioned for <laughs> Outsiders, didn't he? And I think he auditioned for Outsiders and lost it to Matt Matt Dillon. Oh yeah, for that. that's kind of yeah. hurt. Does well, it really? I mean, not really. <laughs> not not losing to Matt Dillon in the eighties. Come on. So at the age of fifteen, Cage was going to summer classes at the American Conservatory Theater uh, in San Francisco. <laughs> well, I'm pointing to you. Uh, he dropped out of high school which uh, was at 17 at Beverly Hills High, to pursue his acting career. Why do you drop out of Beverly Hills High to I, pursue It sounds it? like a thing that you would stick When you look with. at the, the list of people who graduated from that high school. Donna Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For example. <laughs> uh, like Angelina Jolie. And, well, yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the sorry, list. Angelina Voigt. Yeah. <laughs> the list goes on and on. I say just just go ahead and grab that that diploma from Be- Beverly Hills High right. and then see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> you got time. So his first actual thing that he did in public as an actor uh, was on stage. It was at a, a school production when he was going to the summer classes in a production of Golden Boy, which I didn't look into. Yeah. I, I'm, I got I'm the lost me. I don't thing. know that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
But then, like you guys were saying, his first real role, past little bit part in a TV show, was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even that was a bit part, right? Yeah, it was but a bit it, part. He wanted he wanted the Judge Reinhold part, but oh. he was 17, yeah. which puts a lot of restrictions on him via, uh, vis-a-vis the union, yes. the hours yeah. he can work and things yeah. like that. And they already, uh, Judge Reinhold had auditioned for the part already who had been a little bit more established. Yeah, so yeah. he ended up getting the part. Also, that is a case where, like, I think Judge Reinhold was the right person. Absolutely. I couldn't imagine Nick Cage in that role. No, no. Not especially at that time. Uh, But it's funny because after he did that part, he could not find work. So he ended up working as a concession stand person. Which has got to be depressing. Yeah, but you're, you're, you know what I mean? Like, you're doing bit well, parts, still you're young. doing things, yeah. you know, you're, you're 17, 18 yeah, years you're old. Yeah, you're in, like, in Southern California with some bullshit job, making some scratch. Yeah, that's, um, you're not your even a projectionist. You're, you're not even a projectionist. You're, you're, you're selling just, popcorn. You're selling popcorn. But, that, you're but, be, but that's still fun. It's just like, you're you're just talking to girls, enjoying the weather, like, whatever the yeah, fuck ever, man. But the thing is... I'm sorry, I forgot you had that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I totally yeah. had that job, and it was a blast. But in the back of his head, he's also still thinking that his uncle is Uncle Frank. Well, that's, that's not from Hellraiser. Of, you know, it's me, Uncle Frank. No, not that, <laughs> not that guy. But that is kind of the nice thing, right, about being Nick Cage is it sounds totally honorable to say, I'm Nick Cage, I'm going to do it on my own. Mm. Because you can always play that card yeah, yeah. at any time. Yeah. So it's always there. So it, try to make it on your own. If you make it on your own, awesome. If mm-hmm. you don't, you know, and if Nicolas Cage mysterious background doesn't make it Nicolas Cage related to Coppola like all of a sudden like you know what I mean there was a no lose it's a a, a, it's the same you know thing as the Emilio Estevez right yeah we all know we we, come on we know we know (laughs) come on we know but, but it adds that, like, respect of, you know, we, right. we all go, but that's great because he tried to make it on his own, yeah. you know? Yeah. Repo Man wasn't too bad. Yeah. Repo Man was kind of the shit. I, I kind of like <laughs> Judgment Night. Was, Judgment Night. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. That was that was the one with a really good soundtrack, right? Yes. That, yeah. yeah. All right. We were, we're all still thinking about Phoebe Cates and Fast Times, right? I am totally oh, okay. thinking about yeah. that. Always. That's never fun. I'm not one to, yeah, no, no. to objectify the lovely ladies, but my God, did that jumpstart my puberty. That's right. And then I saw her and dropped dead Fred. I'm like, no, no, yeah. no, no. You look vulnerable. No. But that is the funny. We're all of the right age to have that Phoebe Cates thing oh, yeah. just imprinted on our brains oh, it's, forever. Yeah. Yeah. And when you'd rent that VHS copy and the the lines would show up, then clearly everyone who had rented it before had backed <laughs> that up and paused it. Yeah. <laughs> Recorded it. Yeah. So followed shortly by a role as a quote-unquote punk rocker, Chris, in the movie Valley Girl, 1983, which, if you watch it, it's not very punky. It's more of like Flock of Seagulls. Pretty tame, a little, little gothy. Yeah, well, pretty tame. They like they were trying to make mass audiences think this guy was punk. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a right. boiled down version. You know, I remember when I first saw that movie. Uh, it was you know uh, uh, obviously a, I shouldn't say obviously, but I was hanging out with a girl and it was like I want to watch this movie. It's awesome, and I'm like this sounds boring. You're like it has the word married in the title. That doesn't at the time I was like, well, that doesn't contain the the word the words ninja or turtles. (laughs) That I remember I remember watching the whole thing and being gross, like, oh my god, I was probably like my first I mean it's a romantic comedy, right? Yeah. Yeah, first like romantic comedy where I'm like, this is rad. Probably now that I think about it, it's probably because it had time travel in it. (laughs) Fucking nerd. All that to say, basically from that early start, about 1983, he was regularly getting roles. Like that was, you know, you guys probably had the IMDb pulled up. Like it was pretty much every year, every other year, he, he was in a movie. Mm-hmm. So that's what I guess I would say he started to be an actual yeah. film actor, quote unquote. Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, so let's talk about his acting style. The first few movies you see him in, kind of awkward, mm-hmm. right? 
kind of, uh, you know, just learning the craft, still green. But then as you kind of get through his oeuvre, I would say it would be method acting, you know, which is a dramatic technique where actors identify as closely as possible to the written character, basically become the character. Living the character. Yeah, exactly. It's also Mm -hmm. called the Stanislavski system Mm -hmm. for actors. Uh, Cage himself, he calls his acting style nouveau shamanic, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is kind of ridiculous. He promised at some point to write a book. Yeah, yeah. In an interview. He said he was going to write a book about his acting style, which I would be the first in line to buy that. But he says it's a mix between, uh, you know, ancient shaman and, you know, like Victorian era thespians. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what my favorite kind of plays are? Uh, The ones written by ancient shamans. Right. (laughs) You know all the plays they wrote? Classic. (laughs) Right. Never seen any ancient shaman plays. I know, it's, it reminds me of that. Uh, oh God, what was that movie? Uh, League of Extreme Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh-huh. It's that whole scene where Sean Connery is, you know, uh, a shaman once blessed me. He said, "Africa will never allow you to die." You know, it's that sort oh, of like that right. scene. Yeah, sure, sure. Maybe that's what he's talking about. That like could be. The shamans were, you know, gifting Nicolas Cage with acting skills. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he's got that going for him, which is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I really do think it's method acting. Because he goes over the top, usually very crazy. Not crazy, but it's very well, no, eccentric. Well, you crazy. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's eccentric. Right, sure. You know what I mean? Sure. And he takes every single character to its utmost, whether that's how it's actually written or how the director, you know, says to, to do it or in Nicolas Cage's own mind, <laughs> how it's portrayed. Well, and I think that's the, the fascinating thing about Nicolas Cage is because he can, in like a dramatic, serious role, which he still does occasionally, yeah, f- frequently yeah. less and less, but there are some good ones though, but he can still put in a good performance. He can do subtle, beautiful acting, mm-hmm. but it seems like for, we can speculate on the reason he tends to, uh, his career lately has been more over the top things where it's because I've, I guess it's, I've never seen Nicolas Cage act in a way that was inappropriate for the material. Right. But he seems to choose material lately where... It is as far as he can go. Yeah, where he's just openly chewing scenery. But he's always giving an appropriate performance, which I find really fascinating. Yeah. Because there are guys that can't don't have that control Mm -hmm. that are going to be over the top regardless of whether or not that's asked of them. So I, I do find it fascinating that he seems very familiar with his own acting style and with what is required of him and mm-hmm. what he can give. Yeah. No, I agree. For examples uh, of his his chosen acting style, method or nouveau shamanic, <laughs> however you want to call it, uh, Cage is said to have slashed his own arm for a scene in Racing with the Moon in 1984 to sort of get into character because, you know, he was in an accident. So he slashed his own arm. To be the character. No makeup, no nothing. I'll do it. He swallowed live cockroaches for a scene in Vampire's Kiss. Now, I actually read that he he ate three because it had to be done three times. Whatever. He ate cockroaches. I have him quoted as saying, every muscle in my mouth didn't want to do it, <laughs> but I did it anyway. Right, right, I, because I, he was the character. Yeah. I specifically acting is so much easier than eating cockroaches. <laughs> right. I specifically looked up that scene and watched it last night, um, and uh, it really seemed like the hardest part of that scene was him trying to grab it off of the stove because it was yeah. scurrying all oh, over yeah, the place. Yeah, slippery little bugs. Yeah, they were. I mean, it was mm-hmm. flying all over the place. I'm not talking to so. those Madagascar hissing cockroaches mm-hmm. where you can pick them up with a leash. No, these these are little scurry ones. You know, where was Peta during all of this? Is what I. I, I mean, know. obviously yeah. something was hurt in the filming of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're just eating cockroaches. I've had one of those hissing co- right. cockroaches, and they're actually quite delicious. Really? Yeah, but they're very meaty. <laughs> they okay. really are. They're pretty nice. good. Fed grasshoppers and yeah. ants, but not cockroaches. Popcorn, right? It tastes yeah. like popcorn. Yeah, yeah, like like, Me like too. toasted popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he also destroyed a street vendor's RC car in a fit of rage while 
preparing for a role as a mob boss in the Cotton Club in 1984. This is all young Nicolas Cage. Well, I know, well, I know, but I'm saying this is where... No, I mean, no, no, it's, it's I, fine. I, I, I'm just... I, I, my point is, is like, everyone has their own Nicolas Cage, right? I, possibly. You know, and mine started really in the 90s. So okay. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna sit back for a second. Your, your cage Because Joel okay. obviously has something to say. Go well, I was just gonna say that I, when I was doing research, I did see that he mentioned in interviews that that moment that you just talked about the car mm. that he kind of realized he had to dial down the Tone method stuff at that point. Okay, all right. Like he's actually talked about that of like that might have been too much. Right. Well, I'm I'm saying this is this yeah. is early. Yes. So in his green stage, when he's learning the craft and he's he's going all in trying to perfect being the character. So what would a mob boss do? Oh, he'd go over and take this guy's RC car and smash it to bits because, you know, fuck that guy. And then he would, like, take out a, a wad of hundreds and just, like, scrape a few off the top. Right, exactly. On the yeah, concrete. Take that. Yeah. Maybe he went too far. It is also said that he had his front two teeth removed for his part in Birdie. Yeah, I read that. Why, why would you do that? I haven't seen it. I don't know. Was he a horn player, maybe? <laughs> no, maybe. no, no. He was a... Uh, Birdie was a... Uh, it was like a... He was a uh, World War II soldier. Yeah, He came back so. and he was kind of shell-shocked oh. and everything else. It was him and who's the guy from um, uh, Full Metal Jacket? Who was Arlie te- Army? Who, no, no. He's <laughs> teamed up with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio. To ha- Matthew Modine? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's him and Matthew Modine and... I can't remember what the hell. He, one of them comes back from war and is sort of like PTSD, uh-huh. and there's this whole like trying to find them and back and forth and back and forth. Maybe he got into a fight in the film, and that's why they okay. took him out. Okay. I, I, again, I haven't seen it. I've seen the preview. Though, yeah, I guess the the point is, is he had a role where his character lost his two front teeth or decided that he should have lost his two front teeth and had his fucking teeth removed. Right. They don't grow back, you guys. <laughs> no. They, well, they do once. Yeah, those <laughs> weren't your seven. Yeah, those weren't your baby teeth at 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Especially like that early in your career mm-hmm. to have your teeth removed. Mm-hmm. Like, now, like, no, wait. And here's the thing it's, it's said. So, my, my hunch is because he did stuff like trashing some poor street vendor's RC car. He did something ridiculous to try to be in character, and someone said, that ain't right, and popped him one, you know, and he lost his teeth in an altercation or something. Mm -hmm. As we will no doubtly, you know, find out later in his life, he's been in several altercations and some legal issues. So in my head, something like that is a possibility, and then the story came out to sort of smooth those issues over. Interesting. Maybe. Interesting theory. Also, it was Hollywood in the 80s, so he could have lost them by rubbing coke on his gums. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Two hookers, some coke. Oh, my teeth fell out. (laughs) (laughs) My teeth fell out. Just say it was was for a bit part. Whatever. Yeah. Oh, God. It was acting. I'll try not to do that horrible impression again because it sounds like Keanu Reeves. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. No way. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just trying to raise Arizona. <laughs> so I want to mention also, he's uh, he's also cousins with uh, Sophia Coppola, right? Coppola? Who, Coppola. Is there an I said R Coppola. There? Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, she is, of course, uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. Yep. Uh, and she also wrote Lost in Translation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and my, my wife wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Uh, also, Jason Schwartzman is one of his cousins as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. Uh, They're all, all three of those are first cousins. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood royalty. <laughs> yeah. But you see what I'm saying? Like the, what, Jason Schwartzman is in the movies? I thought he was just in that one band. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for fucking with me. <laughs> You say the name of the band. That one band, you guys. He's just the drummer of that one band. What? <laughs> the the roles that I really remember him for are in like the early the the nineties and like the early two thousands. Talking like Gone in sixty seconds and Con Air. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think the first time that I really ever probably saw him in a movie was in Con Air, which is I, really? I know. Yeah, your, I know. Your first. I wasn't much page. of a. 
introduction? I'm I'm dead serious. That is insane. I was never much of a movie watcher back in the day. You know what I mean? It was just stuff that came on. I was just watching reruns of uh, Legend and Labyrinth all the time. You know what I mean? Before that. And then I, <laughs> I kind of dropped okay out for a that. long time. I'm okay with so, both of those things. But uh, I've gone back and uh, watched a few things. I'm just letting you know that's kind of my start. It's not my fault. It's just what happened. <laughs> that's so interesting that that's, that's your Nicolas Cage. And right. I'm not judging you at all. It's just that it's I The come, mullet? You like, know what I mean? Yeah, the wind like, blowing that, in his that's hair? That's your picture of him. And that's... I mean, that's pretty... That's a. That's really fun. That is a fine point in his career. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, it's a good introduction. It's well, just strange. I think it's really what he's gone back to now is all, mm-hmm. like, the action stuff. Because, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just watched a, a movie called Stolen last night. Oh, you mean Taken? It was, yeah, Taken 2, Stolen. <laughs> right. <laughs> Ta- taken 4, Stolen. It was on, a, it was on Netflix, so uh, I watched it. I there was There's, like, 12 movies on Netflix streaming right now yeah. that are all Nicolas Cage. One yeah. of them is Left Behind. Uh, but yeah. I watched uh, Stolen because I don't think I can handle Did the... you Did you watch the one where it's him and Hayden Christensen where they're like... in like, Oh, I got is... 16 minutes into that. <laughs> that is not good. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Just... Oh, that one's called uh, Outcast. Yeah, it's not all... Lucas's fault. No, I got. I <laughs> oh no! Whatever he cast him. I, got, I know. I'm, t- I'm saying it's not all his fault. I seriously got 16 minutes into that, and yeah. I was like, "Done. Yep. I can't do this." <laughs> the the 90s were, I mean, that really his heyday when he hit his peak. You know, you had things like eight millimeter, like you said, Gone in 60 Seconds, Con Air, The Rock. You, know, you had that film. And uh, I, I just want to, so 8mm was pretty good. Yeah, 8mm was a great film. Yeah, It was it was a great movie. And I actually saw it when I was um, uh, reading about him. It was listed as one of his cult hits. Yeah, which is weird. Is, it it, is that a cult hit? No, I feel like that was pretty well known, though. Yeah, but it didn't right? do very good in the box office. Okay. So you're talking, you know, it gets kind of shoved down. Yeah, to I feel, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe status. we have another show when we, we talk about what the hell we're going to call cult films anymore. Right. What's right. what's funny is I actually read a comic book called Desolation Man mm-hmm. that happened like a year or two before that movie came out, and it was almost the exact same story. Is that the one with the three seashells? Uh, I think it is. No, oh, that's okay. Demolition Man. Oh, my bad, my bad. Uh, I, no, this was Desolation Man, but the uh, it was actually, it was about a, a snuff film, mm-hmm. uh, but it was, I believe it was actually like one that, uh, it was a snuff film that Hitler had commissioned. Jesus. And not just a, yeah. Wouldn't he just that's... walk outside? I mean, I guess. <laughs> would he... Oh, no, no, I think he was actually in it, which is uh, why, oh. yeah, yeah, so it was like, all Is this crazy spy stuff and everything, but oh it was it was, was the storyline covered in was petrol that, on fire. Was that a snuff film? No, no, no. I didn't. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that's how we died. I'm just saying, <laughs> like it was eerily similar to Eight Millimeter. Uh-huh. You know, I think I know where they got the idea from. Okay. Possibly. How come when I say things, you guys just all blink at me? <laughs> What's wrong with that? I'm sorry. Why I'm still trying happen? to think about it, but. Hitler and Ava Braun died while making a snuff film. <laughs> I'm like, that's a fucking movie. I'm going to write right, that down. Right. That's a movie. <laughs> right. Uh, he also did have some some memorable roles. Uh, one of my favorites is Bring Out the Dead. Which Scorsese. Is, yeah. Yeah, oh. That's a great film. Man, that was good. That's a 90s yeah, film. A it was, uh, what, 99? Yeah, absolutely. As you go and, further uh, down wasn't the line. John Goodman was in that as well, right? Wasn't he the guy who was sitting next to him? Uh, I don't remember. No, it was the guy who was the truck driver in Always Sunny in Philadelphia, who tries to get handies from Charlie and Dennis. That was the guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's really specific knowledge. Yeah, I don't yeah, remember the guy. Wow. All right. It wasn't in seasons one through four, so Joel doesn't know. <laughs> right. I know Michael K. Williams was in Bring Up. <laughs> All I know. <laughs> So are we not going to mention Leaving Las Vegas in no, 90s that, movies? I'm just... Do it. I was surprised it. we've talked this long no, about no, no, 90s I'm, movies. I'm waiting for yeah. that. And that way, that's, yeah. that's sort of the, the big, big one. Well, yeah. you know what? You know why we didn't bring it up, man? Is because that's not how we remember him anymore. I mean, that's his Oscar-winning role. That was it. That's the apex. But we don't remember that shit anymore. That's when he switched over to, like, chewing on scenery. And, like, that's when we all started doing impressions of him and his voice. Mm-hmm. 
was after that movie. Yeah, because he won the statue and then was like, and now I'm having fun. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, he didn't even try to stretch that out. It was immediately like, got the thing I wanted. Right. Now I'm going to go do Con Air. Like, <laughs> be honest. Have you seen Leaving Las Vegas? Yes. Do you remember it? I remember that he pours liquor across uh, Elizabeth Shue's breast uh-huh. and drinks it off of her. Oh, see, I don't even remember and that. And then he dies. The scene that you remember. And then he dies. <laughs> If you ask me to recap the movie, that is how I would do it. The scene I remember is when he's driving on the strip. The cop pulls up next to him. He waves at the cop. The cop drives forward, and he pulls up the biggest bottle of vodka I've ever seen from between his legs. Yeah. (laughs) And pounds it. No, I I do remember it. It's an alcoholic guy who... Is she an escort? I think she is an escort. And he hires her because he's going to drink himself to death. Right. Yeah, he's suicidal. Never ask me to stop drinking. (laughs) It's Keanu. Every time it's Keanu. Every time. (laughs) But, I mean, the guy has won many different awards. And and he's been nominated several times for Oscars and other Golden Globes and stuff like that. But primarily, mostly in his 90s era career. That seems like the peak. Uh, the peak Nick Cage in so many ways, except comedy, I think, right. is the 90s. Like, well, I mean, he did get a nomination for an Oscar and a Golden Globe for Adaptation, which yeah. I have not seen that yet. Yeah. Oh, so I it was like 2002. Love, I love Adaptation. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably talk about that more in part two, but yes, yeah, I, I yes. love Adaptation. But, I mean, he got he got nominated for a BAFTA award for that movie. He uh, got a SAG as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. so apparently it's a good film. Yeah, no, it is. It's a great film. It's Charlie yeah. Kaufman. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's Charlie Kaufman writing a movie about Charlie Kaufman, but it's not exactly about Charlie Kaufman. Yeah, yeah well, it's like again, an invisible, ro- an invisible right. brother or something we'll, like yeah, that. We'll yeah, save yeah. it. We'll, and we'll that's the thing. Yeah. I love how like we've talked about the different iterations of Nicolas Cage. And we've talked about how he chews on scenery, how he's like kind of, he changed as a person, changed as a performer. And um, uh, I think Joel went into it, went to it, went into it best, but it's like all the things you want to say about him, he's become a meme and a trope, but he's never been bad. He's never been bad at what he does. Not terrible. No, not like. Even like he becomes a different kind of Nicolas Cage and he becomes the best possible Example of that Nicholas Cage. Right. <laughs> and of he course. sticks with it for a while. I will say his accent in Con Air is bad. It's a mm, bad accent. Yeah. Well But uh, that's the most I'm willing to say that he's ever like been bad. Well, in some IMDB trivia, he has said that famous great actors like like Spencer Tracy, they all have a very unique voice. They do. So when he was first learning his craft, he had <clears throat> decided to craft Nicolas Cage's voice. Mm-hmm. So how he normally talks, that's a crafted voice. You know, not, yeah. not not saying it's not him, but he evolved his voice to be that all the time because now he is that person. I think that's brilliant and crazy. Yeah. And crazy brilliant. Well, yeah. he I mean, he grew up in California, right? Yeah, yeah and he he does speak with a bit of a southern draw. Yes, yes. I've read several interviews where they said that he pulled up to on a stool, sat down, and spoke in a southern draw. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that because of his love of Elvis that he does Possibly. that? I mean, he did... Um, he married Lisa Marie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, For a short amount of time. Yeah, a couple months. He did do a song in... Was that Honeymoon in Vegas? Honeymoon, yeah. Well, he, Honeymoon in Vegas, don't they jump out of planes dressed as Elvis? Sure do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he actually sang one of the songs in the film. It was an Elvis song. Yeah. And it's very good, actually. It's, I mean, it's not super Elvis, but it's pretty darn good. Do you know what song it is? I can't remember. I didn't even put you on the fucking spot, dude. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, we uh, edit. Hold on. Only I just wanted to know whether or not it was Suspicious Minds because I'm not an Elvis. I'm a, <laughs> oh, I'm a Suspicious Minds. I'm a Beatles guy, so I wouldn't even recognize the song otherwise. <laughs> really? That's upsetting. What? That you wouldn't recognize an Elvis song? Of course I would fucking recognize <laughs> it. It was a joke. Like if you said Hound Dog, I wouldn't be like, what? <laughs> so here's the thing: is like, like, like I was talking about earlier. You guys are way more cinephiles than I am, so I didn't know exactly where to get into the research. And I mean, it, it, there's, you know, obviously he's had, I mean, a very long career. So 
I didn't know exactly where to jump in and where to get started. We were discussing his marriages specifically, mm-hmm. and I think that, uh, I mean, he's been married, what, three times now? Yeah, yes. I believe so, yeah. So, uh, and one, was one of them Patricia Arquette? Yep. Yeah. From yeah, I mean, 1995 to 2001. Mm-hmm. Now, but they didn't have any children there, no. right? No, his previous relationship was Christina Fulton. They weren't married, but they did have a son. Uh, his, what, Weston Cage? Who, Weston Coppola Cage. Sorry, yes, yes. Who actually was in, like, a couple of death metal bands. Yeah, and they're awesome. <laughs> I wrote their names down because they're cool as shit. Eyes of Noctum. <laughs> okay. And Arshanubis. Okay. Very Lovecraftian. Badass. <laughs> I kind of want to... Kind of want to look those up now. I'm going to to listen to those at one and a half times speed. He actually, um, uh, Weston had a bit part in Lord of War. Yeah, which is a great. That is a great movie. I love it. It really is, and uh, he plays like some like Ukrainian weapon smuggler. No, 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 no. Um, Yeah, well, Cage does. Uh, His son is actually in the scene where he's almost getting caught by Ethan Hawke, Uh and uh, there's a helicopter. And it's a military helicopter, so it has armaments on it. And to not get caught, he tells this this uh, ground crew guy to take off the armaments and say it's a uh, you know civilian peace helicopter to right. help people. And that is his son. Oh, right on, cool. So yeah, right on. And then uh, then well, so he had the the first relationship mm-hmm. where he produced the son, right? Right, or rather. She produced the son for him, <laughs> right. and then uh, he was married to Patricia Arquette. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which then, seems natural to me. That seems kind yeah. of natural, yeah, for Nicolas Cage yeah. to marry an Arquette. Sure. Apparently, he, they had met in the in the eighties, mm-hmm. and the first time he met her, he, he, proposed. he proposed. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then she like she was like, okay, I'll marry you if you do all this shit on this Gave list. Give him a list. Yeah, and he started doing them, and it made her really uncomfortable. And was like, "Don't, don't come around here." Right, no more. and she ran off, <laughs> and like years and years yeah, later, yeah. yeah I think that's together. a really lovely story. Yeah, it's good. Wasn't it? He had to like produce a, 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 a like a, a what is it? A signature from someone really important. I forgot what it was. Possibly, hmm. it was a whole list of things. It was yeah, a, it was a honeydew list. Yeah, but he yeah. yeah he actually started knocking them out right. like left and right, and it was like what what? <laughs> you know? No, no, I wasn't really serious. Uh, yes. And then of course uh, you have his famous marriage mm. uh, to. Uh, I like that Patricia Arquette is a famous say, marriage. No, it's I mean the goddamn Arquette. No, you're absolutely man. right. You're absolutely right. I apologize. Would his be other with, famous marriage would is it what be I meant to say. Better if he was married to Alexis Arquette. Uh, I I don't know. I'm. The, the, the Which guy, one was she? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a dude. <laughs> the guy from Chucky, brought up Chucky, who is shacked up with, what is her name? Uh, Look, I know. I Jennifer know, Tilly. Jennifer Tilly. He's shacked up with Jennifer Tilly. Mm-hmm. The goth guy. Okay. That's Alexis Arquette. Oh, sorry. I yeah. no. She lives. She lives though? as a woman now. Yeah. Oh, got it. Yeah. Okay. No, I know. I know. Uh, I know Patricia Arquette. Uh, and David Arquette. That's it. That's all the Arquettes. That's There's all the Arquettes I know. I, They're like they, the bald ones. These are my list of Arquettes <laughs> okay. that I know. And honestly, I mean, in all fairness to you, is one of the Arquettes anywhere near as famous as someone who was produced by Elvis Presley? Probably not. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't, know I don't think, think so. so. Show me your business. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, more, that's more of my... Uh, Johnny Thunders, or what, what was the cartoon from Cartoon Network? Oh, oh the Johnny, Johnny Bravo. Bravo. Johnny Bravo. Yeah, That's yeah. my Johnny Bravo impression, which is I'm, I'm a, half Bruce Campbell, half Johnny Bravo. So for some reason in my mind, right? So I remember, you know, I was I knew about uh, about the the Elvis connection, yeah, as, you know, yeah. as I've decided to call it in my own brain. <laughs> and for some reason, I put Nicolas Cage into the. Uh, I put him into the role in Three Thousand Miles from Graceland mm-hmm. that uh, that what's his name uh, Robin Hood was in Kevin Costner. Kevin, Kevin Costner. Costner. For you some reason, I shoved him into that. Really? Yeah. Instead really? of yeah, instead of Kevin Costner. Weird. I don't know why. And then I had to like look it up, and I was like, oh, that's not him. I just feel like that would be a movie that he should have been in. 
instead yeah, of Kevin know. Costner. Maybe, maybe. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know, I mean, obviously he is uh, a much of an Elvis fan. What is fan. that? Kurt Russell. Kurt yeah, yeah, it was and, Kurt Russell and and, uh, and Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel like he should have been in that movie and he wasn't, and it upsets me. Yeah, yeah. that's a good call. Yeah. He should have been in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that marriage was from. Listen to this: August 2002 to November 2002. Is what 108 days? <laughs> right, and the, the the divorce was actually finalized in 2004, which is actually longer than the entire marriage. The My divorce proceedings took way yeah. longer. Yeah, crazy. But that's gotta be a weird. Like I, I always, when I think about that, it, it's so bizarre to me because so you're a fan of someone's music mm-hmm. and this iconic person, right? And to a point where he probably couldn't really see Elvis as a person. I don't think any of us probably are capable of like just realizing the human component of Elvis. But then mm. you love him so much, and then you marry his daughter. That dynamic always has to be weird, I would it feel like. It has to be. Because yeah. you, yeah, like, your relationship to how you feel about Elvis versus hers can't be the same. No, In no. any way. And it seems like that is, at least in the beginning, what drew them together in some way, or, like, drew him to her. Possibly, yeah. It just seems like a very bizarre foundation for a marriage that I'm not yeah. terribly surprised didn't last very long. Well, as we've heard, he's pretty quick to jump on the marriage bandwagon. Yeah, clearly it's his move. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I just met you. Marry me. I also find it kind of strange that apparently he was really friend, close friends with Johnny Ramone. Mm-hmm. And uh, during their wedding, Johnny Ramone actually was the, his best man. One, two, three, four. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> that is pretty cool. You know what I mean? That he would be his best man. You know, cool. actually, I mean, you know, out of all of the Ramones, Johnny was kind of my least favorite. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, He's still a Ramone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which, uh, which instrument did Johnny play? Johnny was the uh, guitarist. Oh, right mm-hmm. on. He was the one with the crazy, uh, like, long bob haircut. <laughs> yeah, long gotcha. Beatles cut. Yeah, yeah. Why is he, he your least favorite Ramone? Because he's a dick. Oh. <laughs> he was a dick. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Him and like Joey his, would... I, I like his guitar riffs. Oh yeah, yeah, no, they're great. Absolutely. Yeah. Great musician. Yeah. Like yeah. but awesome. him and him and Joey used to fight all the time. Like, uh, like Johnny would pick on Joey like yeah, constantly. Because, because Joey they... was the sweetest man. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Gentle giant. We yeah. met him on the streets in yeah. New York. You yeah. did what? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, we were what? <laughs> 16, 17 uh, yeah, years old. Yeah, I think we were cool 17 and we shit. drove to New York. And he's just walking down the street looking exactly like Joey Ramone. The dude walked home. Yeah. The fuck out of here. Yeah, no yeah. cab, no limo. We, we were like we went, punk we, rock royalty, and the guy walks home. He's like, we, we actually went to go see him before he had passed away. Because <laughs> he spent it all on 40. We actually offered to give him a ride home. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we actually offered to give him a ride home. We were, we were like, we'll take you out for a cup of coffee, anything you want. We just want to hang out with you for a little bit. And he sat and talked with, with us out on the street for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's so yeah, cool, Joey. man. That is punk rock. Yeah. I mean, we drove four hours. Just All seven seeing. feet of him just walking down I the know. sidewalk. Yeah. yeah. yeah completely really cool. recognizable. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cannot hide in a crowd whatsoever. No. Yeah. They're like the, they're like the Ramones were like the official, uh, the official, like, well, the unofficial New York mascots for a while. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So. But it's cool that, that Nick Cage knew him, you know? Oh, definitely. Knew Johnny, knew those guys, and was friends with them. I mean, he, he seems like he was. A very musical, friendly kind of person. Yeah. He's kind of a nerd. He's a super comic book lover. So it's just cool to, to find out some of his history with the people he knew. It's neat. Mm-hmm. So, you know, something that we probably should have hit on a little earlier in the episode, but we didn't. Uh, just wanted to mention his name, Cage, uh, because that is not his original name. As we discussed, it is Coppola. Is, mm. is his original name, uh, being of the Coppola family. Right. But he took on Cage uh, for a couple of different reasons. But one of them is, uh, of course, Luke Cage. Which, Johnny uh, Cage, rating <laughs> Sub-Zero! <laughs> no, well, not that one? Not that one. Okay. No, Luke Cage, and they're actually about to have a Netflix show about Luke Cage. Mm. And he's uh, he's not the first, but he's one of the very first black superheroes. Right, right. So, uh, black and, Panther and, and, and what was the other guy's name? Yeah, there was a few like yeah. Black Panther Falcon. was before him, and Falcon, Falcon was before him. Yeah, 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 yeah. but but Luke Cage was. I mean, 
Power Man, as he's also known, is pretty, pretty awesome. No, just normal Power, Power Man. Man. Okay. Yeah. Hero for Hire. Hero, yeah, mm-hmm. one of the heroes for hire. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, they're actually going to be doing a, a Netflix series about that. And he awesome. was actually already in the, the Jessica Jones. A lot. A lot. Yeah. yeah. He was a lot inside <laughs> yeah. of Jessica Jones during well, that. Uh, yes, yes. That's the episode I saw. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. The yeah. Episodes. yeah, there were multiple episodes. episodes. <laughs> but anyway, I thought he was really good in that. Uh, he was. But, and that, uh, I mean, Nicholas Cage of, was not in it. That's but. perfect because it kind of brings us to his third and current marriage mm-hmm. to one uh, Alice Kim. Because they've had a son together, and yeah. I'm not going to say the name of that son. Oh, come you on. fuckers can. Come I don't on. want to. I don't oh, want oh, to. I, I'll, I don't do want to. I'll do it. It's an awesome name. So, yeah, he is Kal-El. Yes. Of course, being... A.K.A. a Superman. Yeah, that is that is, uh, that is is Superman's real name from uh, Krypton. Superman, a role Nicolas Cage almost played. Right. That is true. Directed by Tim Burton. Yes, Tim fucking Burton, because he did such a great job with Batman. (laughs) He did. I mean, those movies are great. Is it... Is it evident in watching the two Tim Burton movies that he has never read a comic book? Yup. Oh, yes, yes. But they're beautiful movies. Yeah, no, no, no. You're, you're, but you're... that's fine. It just would have been another shitty Superman movie, which would have been cool. <laughs> well. Because <laughs> it would have starred Nick Cage. Who's, right. Okay. Who's wickedly did funny. You guys, did that you guys see. Hilarious. Yeah, it really you guys have been. seen like the pictures that came out of that, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. The, the costume is terrible. The oh, costume yeah, yeah. is his terrible. His hair is terrible. But his yeah. mullet is so sweet. <laughs> wait, wait. Superman I mean, it just reminds me of Con Air. Superman had a mullet in the 90s. Like, uh, comic book Superman he, he died yeah. with a mullet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. yeah like, I think that's why Doomsday killed him. I think that's why that... <laughs> I think that's Get why... Get out of here. <laughs> but I, what I also love, too, again, about the very flimsy reality of Superman is that that means that Clark Kent also had a mullet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this isn't our show. Yeah. We've talked mullets before. Right. Yes. I'm just saying, I think that's maybe why Batman versus Superman wasn't that good. Because when he got killed by Doomsday, he probably should have had a mullet. It would have been better. Yeah, that was the one problem. Was that it, was, was it? The, <laughs> the one problem. Wait, are you saying it's sort of a, a, a Samson and Delilah thing? All of his power comes from his mullet? It does. Okay. Yeah. It all comes from the party part. <laughs> Not the business the part. the party part. Gotcha. Well, the business is at the Daily Planet. Yes, yes. that's what I'm yeah, saying. With the glasses. Yeah, yeah, he would put it back in a ponytail, throw in the glasses, nobody could tell. Gotcha. When I was researching Nicolas Cage, I wanted to get some of that, some of those juicy Nick Cage stories that you hear people from Hollywood tell mm. about, um, about shit he did at a party, mm-hmm. shit he did after the Oscars, or whatever. And in doing so... I, I found a lot of them, like all of them are hearsay. Yeah. Most of them were like, you know, uh, an unnamed Hollywood elite said this story about Nicolas Cage. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to repeat that because that sounds like fucking bullshit. And if it's, if it's, if there's not a good source on it, then I'm not going to say it. And, but one thing that stood out to me is that a lot of people were talking about how he's very self-conscious about his hair, his hairline, how it's thinning. And a lot of, a lot of people who worked on movie sets said, and even like at, um, uh, at press conferences, they were told, don't look at his hair. Like, don't, really? don't it, even look like at he's, it. He's <laughs> he's going to be looking for someone who's looking at his hairline. He doesn't like it. Please try not to do that. Hmm. Not like Mr. Cage is going to stab you in the heart if he sees you looking at his hair, but mm-hmm. like it was very much like he's not he's not really comfortable with the way his hair looks. And then um, that that rings true to me because the, what he said the reason he said he got into acting was because of James Dean. Right. He saw him in East of Eden and said. That is remarkable. That's what I want to be. This is what I want to do. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but when I think about James Dean, I think about cuff jeans mm-hmm. and I think about awesome hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I could totally, I could totally see one translating into the other. Uh, but, but I don't know. I, I like his. I even liked his mullet. I thought it was kind of badass. But I'm from Southern Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, his hair looks the best in Con Air. I think that's the most glorious. Yeah, Nick it was Cage almost hair. a little feathered. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, there's yeah, that yeah, one yeah, like when he first is like experiencing the like 
air the outside. His hair is kind of blowing a little that, bit. That has become like one of the largest internet memes. Oh, one hundred was the was the was the blow on your screen now? And yeah. it's like his hair just flowing yeah. behind him. It's a pretty <laughs> sweet gif. Yeah, that one's pretty great. We could do a whole show just on Nick Cage internet memes. There, yeah. there are a lot of them. Uh, well, do you want another Nick Cage story that is actually from Nick Cage himself? That sure. is just weird. Yeah. Uh, so this was he talked about this in a September 14, 2011 interview. If we could hear this in a bad Keanu Reeves voice, that'd be awesome. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> uh, but he that's was, not even close. <laughs> I'm still I'm setting up. I haven't gotten to the quote. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, but but, he, but hold on. <laughs> I just want to say that Joe just did that in uh, in a walk-in voice for some reason. <laughs> wow. <Come on. laughs> it's not even he close. stopped you in a walk-in voice. <laughs> Uh, so he was at the Toronto Film Festival. He was giving an interview, and uh, he describes a strange encounter he had with a man by saying, "All right, Keanu Reeves. Let me let me think. Keanu Reeves. It, it was two in the morning. I was living in Orange County at the time. Was asleep with my wife. My two-year-old at the time was in another room. I opened my eyes. There was a naked man wearing my leather jacket, eating a fudgesicle in front of my bed. <laughs> the fuck? I know it sounds funny." But it was horrifying. <laughs> was it the fact That's that he was... a story Nick Cage told at a film festival. Wow. Really? Yeah. That a naked man was eating a fudgesicle while wearing his jacket, which I guess technically means he wasn't naked, but... He was just naked from the waist down, <laughs> which yeah. is actually a little worse. Where, where, was, where, where was this happening? In his house. In his house. Yeah, was it, some was dude it broke the, in and ate a fudgesicle. Yeah. Now, was it the Lalaurie house? He <laughs> said in, in Orange County. Oh, okay. house so it wasn't the, the haunted house that he owns no. in New Orleans? Do you it, think the guy was a ghost? That's what I'm asking. It, I also, my biggest question from this story is, did Nicolas Cage have fudgesicles like in his fridge that oh, the guy course. got one? Of course. Or, because it's way creepier if the guy was eating a fudgesicle and there were none On in the, the house. way. Yeah, that I means he brought a fudgesicle. He brought it with him. <laughs> For all the purposes of eating it in front of Nicolas yeah, Cage. that was his whole plan. <laughs> right. That's what gets him off. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so Joe, I, I'll mention this because I I did a little research on this because mm -hmm. you were talking about the Lalaurie house that yeah, he bought. Yeah, yeah. This was in two thousand and seven that he bought it. Mm. He bought it for what was it three million four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. A lot uh, of money. Yeah, a lot of money. So this is uh, uh, at eleven forty Royal Street in the French Quarter. It was built in eighteen thirty two by Doctor Louis Lalaurie and his sadist wife. Delphine. Uh, she had uh, a lot of slaves, as people in the South at that time did. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, um, she was pretty much a torturer of them. Uh, she would continually buy more slaves for their house. And at one point in time, uh, there was actually a fire that happened on the premises. Uh, a lot of the house had been burnt up. And when the fire department came, uh, they were asking where everyone was so they could try to get them out of the house. And apparently there was a locked door going up to the attic. She refused to give them the key to let them in. And then uh, the fire department broke it down, ran upstairs to go try and grab everyone out. And apparently there were slaves that were upstairs. Some of them had their arms and legs broken and set at wrong angles, like set their bones wrong purposely. Ah. Uh, they found other slaves where their eyes were gouged out. Uh, they found some where their uh, genitalia were sliced off. Mm. All kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, I mean, I'm just they were completely dismembered. A lot of them were dead. A lot of them were close to dying. And then she admit to uh, believing that rubbing their blood on her skin would keep her young. I, like, well, yeah, like a, an Elizabeth Bathory yeah, kind little, of thing? Yeah, a little kind of Bathory thing. Yeah, it was, it was pretty... Disgusting and torturous. And wow. uh, so anyway, she did uh, wind up going to jail over it. Uh, and I mean, it was it was pretty terrible. But uh, in 2007, he decided to buy that house so he could move there mm -hmm. and decide to write a great American horror novel. Right. Like you do. Which yeah. he didn't. No. He, but, he never did. He but, never actually wrote it. No. But he also, I mean, throughout the early 2000s, he just kind of went on a spending spree. He bought homes in... Los Angeles, San Francisco, Las Vegas, New Orleans, New York City, Rhode Island, England. He bought a fucking castle. Uh, yeah. He didn't. He also he bought a uh, somewhere in Southern California. He bought a house that John Wayne originally had yeah. had, had lived in. Mm -hmm. 
And he wanted to he wanted to import a castle. Yes, at one point he lived in a faux castle mm-hmm. and decided that one day he will own a real castle. He bought one in Germany. Mm-hmm. Decided I don't want to move to Germany. Whether all the time. there's no good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so his idea was to import one. You know, to if own you one ask all the me. Time. A person who spends money like this is going to find themselves in some financial woes. Yeah, yeah. He's I mean, I'm not an accountant many. or anything. No, but he's had many. Yeah. I mean, uh, he was at one point making, you know, $30 million per film. Jesus. At his heyday. Mid-2000s, he was owing the IRS something like $6 million in back taxes. Come on. Yeah, so I mean, he had some some money troubles, and at one point he tried to sue his financial advisor mm. because he was broke, <laughs> right? And the financial advisor produced so many documents and Saying, emails. This is a bad idea. Yeah, don't this do this. What idea. you're doing's wrong. You will be broke, sir. Right, <laughs> right. So he tried. He tried. I thought it was very intriguing of him when he's asked about his political or religious affiliation. He dodges it every damn time. Right. Because I was trying to, I didn't, I wasn't terribly interested. Well, first, when anyone is raised Catholic as he was, I'm kind of interested on where they landed as an adult. Where they stand. Right, exactly. Because I was kind of brought up in that that sort of world. Me too. And I was looking for it, but it just wasn't there. And then at the end of it all, I saw that it wasn't there on purpose. So Mm -hmm. when anyone asked him about his political affiliation or his religious affiliation, he wouldn't give like a crazy answer, but it'd be kind of vague and just kind of this broad thing of like we're all people, we're all looking for answers, that sort of thing. It was actually a lot, a lot of nice things. Um, but then I saw because he has donated to quite a lot of, I mean, some charities, um, some uh, Amnesty International, mm-hmm. United Negro College Fund. Um, on that list, this is the only thing I could find is since 1994, he has donated. Five thousand dollars to the Democratic National Party. That's <laughs> I mean, it. That's all. That I kind got. of says it all. <laughs> I actually, I, I do have one small tidbit about yeah. Nicholas Cage that didn't necessarily fit in anywhere else. But fun fact about him: he helped launch Johnny Depp's acting career because he referred him to his first agent, hmm. who was the agent who got him a role in Nightmare on Elm Street. Right, and him and uh, the guy who eventually played Rorschach. Oh. Rorschach. Rorschach. Yeah, yeah, him and Rorschach were uh, uh, roommates. Yeah, they both Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley. <laughs> Jackie Earl Haley. That is I, I thought yeah, he came with him to that audition, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he got it. And then, what, 20 years later, Haley Joel Osment gets the part as Freddy Krueger. Yeah. yeah. No, that's a nice little... <laughs> <laughs> Haley Joel Osment. I'm going to call him that every time now, and it's going to fuck me up. <laughs> so I didn't mean to hit the all right. Well, I think uh, I think that about wraps it up for the curioso part of the episode. I think we're going to slowly slide into the Hobo Radio portion. Are you guys, you guys ready for that? Yeah. Oh God damn it! Oh, yeah. I also forgot to mention that he owned a copy of Action Comics number one. Oh, oh he, he totally did. did. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That we was, didn't mention that. That was given. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was assumed. <laughs> I heard some weird shit. So he owns the right to the courtship of Eddie's father, which he bought to make a movie. I yeah. couldn't confirm it, but I'm like, that I totally seemed like something he would do. Yeah, he just owns yeah, so random just, stuff. Yeah, random facts. He's he, got a large back tattoo of a lizard with a top hat and a cane. Yes. He owns an island. Yeah. An island. He was going to be the Green Goblin. He's an expert at Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, he... That's, you know, he was just following in the footsteps of Elvis, right? That's true. Yeah. You know? Let's go, man. Show me business. Here we go. Slowly sliding into the hobo radio. Coming up next. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. Anyway, we're crossing the streams. We're uh, dipping out, going over to hobo radio. Uh, we're going to put it on this stream so you'll be able to listen to it next. Adios. Curiosos. <laughs> I really gotta pee. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can email us feedback at thecurioso.com. You can Facebook us, facebook.com backslash the Curioso Podcast. 
check out our merchandise on zazzle.com backslash curioso podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash curioso podcast. On the left-hand side of the curioso.com, you can help support the show by clicking on our donate link. And if you're a real curioso, we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on iTunes. It will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself. I don't know. You probably don't have to pay him any mind. You're under 18. You won't be doing any time. <laughs> good. Who's that a picture of on your name badge? You should give that guy his name badge. Get the fuck out of here. Look like, I thought it was Parker Lewis for a second. <laughs> this is the first first year I was there. Uh, where's the other? Oh, I don't have it. The second year is like grizzled. Oh, no shit. <laughs> it's great. It's like you're People the, age With man. hate in my eyes. <laughs> it's, it's like you're the president. Like you've <laughs> mouthed your yeah, age since you started like your president. <laughs> Very true. It is a little weird red fruit and you peel the, the skin back and it's white on the inside mm. and it has a pit. So you're telling me this is good? Yeah. It's, it's, they were sitting there with the chocolate and I just grabbed it because it was weird and I thought that you might like it. It's really hard flavor to describe. It's kind of citrusy, but <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to just chug it down like a... <laughs> oh, stay right there. Stay right there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Are you supposed to swallow it? Yes, it's food. Please tell me you're recording all of this. Oh, yeah, it's on. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on. God bless you. <laughs> so you... Well, you're oh, supposed to chew God. it. Ugh. It's gross. You're supposed to chew... So I also, I, boop.